0: Good evening. Uh, we're going to talk about computer vision today. I'm Reza Zadeh. I'm an adjunct professor at Stanford and CEO at Matroid. We're going to talk about computer vision. And in particular, we're going to talk about scaling convolutional neural networks with Kubernetes and TensorFlow, all of which will be sitting on AWS. That's, that's why we're here, right? So quick introduction and overview. We're going to have a very fast introduction to Kubernetes and to TensorFlow. And then I'm going to give you the pods, the Kubernetes pods, that we use for Matroid. And then I'm actually going to go into a live demo of Matroid and show you all of what I presented earlier in the talk live in action. So just to set things up, we're going to get to this place here where we have our own video player. This is Matroid's video player. It, is, it has been given a detector that we will build. Uh, this particular detector is detecting Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. In some interview, it has put bounding boxes around their faces, and this is a paused version of this video. The rest of the video is actually uh, has been annotated with where the, these folks occur. So if you look at the timeline, it's been generally annotated with where Angelina and Brad occur. And um, this, this is where we want to be. So we're going we're gonna to create a detector for them. We're going to grab a random YouTube video, put it in here, and, and watch the Kubernetes and TensorFlow gears churn. Um, to, to give us a, a, a screen like that. So Kubernetes, uh, or sometimes abbreviated K8s. The basic unit in a Kubernetes cluster is a pod. And Kubernetes, if you didn't know, is a, uh, is a cluster management tool. So uh, you can, you can uh, manage a, a fleet of machines and their workloads using this tool. Um, the basic unit in, in a Kubernetes cluster is a pod. A pod is, is, is consisting of um, one or more containers. And a container is uh, a very much lightweight virtual machine. If, if you don't know what a container is, it's like a very lightweight virtual machine. It's not really a virtual machine, but it's, it, it can be abstracted as one. And the implementation is, makes it much more lightweight. Um, containers in a pod share one IP address. So a pod is this basic unit that Kubernetes will ensure it are uh, fault tolerant. So if a pod goes down, Kubernetes will bring it back up. A pod can be replicated via Kubernetes. And the interesting thing is that all the pods in a single, uh, sorry, all of the containers in a single pod share one IP address. So you have to be a little bit careful with uh, clashing uh, ports because you have one single IP address. But other than that, um, it's actually a very, very useful abstraction to have all of the pods have one IP address. Um, so Kubernetes handles much of uh, the scaling and the fault tolerance. And this is a very, very simplified overview of what uh, a cluster looks like to the end user of Kubernetes. There's the Kubernetes master. There are a bunch of minions. Inside, and these are machines, Each in, inside each of these uh, minions, there are uh, one or more pods. And inside each of those pods are one or more containers. and. By far, Docker containers have, have sort of taken, um, taken the lead here. And so we're, we, we use Docker containers, and I'm not going to talk about any other kinds of containers. So this is very much simplified. Because if you think about it, well, what if the master goes down? Who's going to fix that? What if one of the pot minions goes down? Who's, who's going to fix that? Uh, this is very, very simplified. The true diagram for Kubernetes looks more like this. And here, there in the middle, there's some distributed storage that is replicated across many machines in case um, we need to, in case Kubernetes needs needs to redo some work uh, that has been lost. Um, so we're we're actually not going to have the privilege of going diving deep into this. Uh, the slides for this talk will will be available on my Twitter, and uh, and um, th- there's a link here to tell you more b- about that. I'm going to actually go into more of a use case for Kubernetes. How do how do we schedule pods? How do we put, how do we split up a, a computer vision task using TensorFlow and, and, and other tools to uh, build on top of Kubernetes. So I don't have the privilege of going deep into this, but I'll definitely link to it in my slides. Actually, the link is already there, so the slides will be up is what I mean. So let me go into the architecture that we have uh, for Matroid. We have um, pods for each of the logos you see here. And they're necessary for reasons that you'll see in the demo. So very quickly, we have a pod for the, uh, for Nginx, which is the, um, a, a reverse proxy. It does load balancing for our web server. The web server, the web app itself is Node.js. Um, we have, we have many streams of video coming at us in Kafka, and then I'm going to go into these in a second. So, let's look, let's look at these pods, one by one. Why they exist? Why did we put them in a pod in the first place? So the first pod is Nginx. This pod uh, is, is essentially responsible for the very first contact with the user. It, it is sitting at port 80. When the user comes in, uh, Nginx will decide which of our many uh, web workers to assign that user to. So then Nginx will route that. And Nginx gets its own entire pod, so that if, if it goes down, Kubernetes is responsible for bringing it, bringing it back up. We have Node.js, which are the actual uh, front-end workers for, um, for, the, uh, for the web app. Now. When you've created a detector using the web app and all of its nice details, you can then have a stream come in through Apache Kafka. And Kafka has uh, workers. It, has its, it needs its own little cluster. And, and those are all managed by a pod, In again, in Kubernetes. We have, uh, everything is uh, securely encrypted. So of course, we need to serve SSL certificates. And those are um, provided via uh, uh, Let's Encrypt, which has its own pod. Um, our database is Mongo, right? That everyone needs a database, and, and, and that just happens to be Mongo for us. Of course, that's got its own pod, but this one has, uh, is, is also backed up periodically, because you better back up your database, right? That's a no-brainer. The spot marketplace, because we're at AWS, I want to give it a, a special slide on its own, so we'll come back to this. But this is a cost-saving measure that you'll see that is very specific to the uh, Amazon Web Services environment with spot prices. I'll come back to that in, in two slides. Um, and then, of course, we have uh, convolutional neural networks via TensorFlow. So, pretty much every uh, every uh, deep learning framework supports neural networks, and um, and convolutional neural networks in particular. And I want to, before going into deeper in, in, into neural networks, I want to um, I, I, I want to explain how neural networks work. And then I guess before that, I should tell you why we have our own uh, instant, our own spot instances. So this is, this is a little bit, um, as I promised, I want to explain this, right? So we had this AWS um, pod. Why do we have that? Well, hands up if you know what a spot instance is. Great, almost everyone. So you, most people in the room understand that spot instances are cheaper uh, instances of the instances that you can... Reserve from Amazon, right? You can, you can get machines and you can say, I want the spot version. The caveat with the spot version versus reserved instance is that it, the, the spot instance might at any point um, be evicted. You get something like a few minutes of, of notice saying, hey, your machine is going to be evicted, and then you're going to get evicted. In return for dealing with this inconvenience, Amazon gives you a cheaper price. So we would like to, uh, we would like to actually uh, uh, exploit this cheaper price. So how do we do it? The, the, the workers that we have for TensorFlow, actually they run on Amazon reserve, uh, Amazon's spot, spot uh, instances. And then we have one pod that is, uh, that is a little tool that uh, listens for all of these spot instances that are going to be shut down. And as soon as a spot instance gets notification that it is going to be shut down, it tells this pod that is running on a reserved instance that, hey, I'm about to be shut down. My work needs to be put somewhere else. So then, this this pod that is running on a reserved instance managed by Kubernetes will will re- put up another pod that is reserved and will not ta- be taken down, and put the work of that of the of the reserved of the spot instance into the reserved instance. So this way, we get away with essentially a cheaper um, version of our cluster and our service uh, by having one reserved instance watching out for an army of spot instances, and that's a trick that you should use in your in your own uh, Kubernetes clusters because it it usually can save you a lot, OK? So what do we use these spot instances for? We use them in particular for this TensorFlow, um, uh, the TensorFlow uh, pod. And what does a TensorFlow pod do? It runs a convolutional neural network. So the CNN is something I want to really, really quickly go over, because a lot of folks uh, in the room are probably uh, comfortable with them. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quickly do a, like a three-minute overview of CNNs. What is a CNN? Um, Unless you've been very far away from the media, you understand that deep learning has, 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 is, a, is pretty powerful and, and can do a lot with computer vision. Um, one of the main things that you can do with a computer vision is, is understand what's going on in a picture, and then from there, many a video. How do these things work? Well, the first thing that happens is um, we have a picture, and we want to decide. So here, this is the task. is We have a picture, we want to decide which of four things it is, cat, dog, boat, and bird. What's going to happen is we're going to run this little two-dimensional patch over the image. And inside this patch, there exist little numbers that are going to be multiplied by the color values at that point in the image. Those multiplications will get added up and fed as the input to the next layer. And um, so what's happening here is this input to the next layer is then available for a similar operation in the next layer. And the numbers in the patch, we don't know what they are, OK? We're going to set those numbers as variables. We don't know what they are. We'll set them in a second. And we're going to run this patch actually across the whole image with the same set of numbers. Oh, sorry. I keep hitting my big mouse pad here. With the same set of numbers across the, um, across the image. And then that's that's one, that's one convolutional filter. And, and, and um, the numbers that we don't know how to set, we don't know how to set them, but we know how to take their gradient with respect to some data. So. Uh, we have some function that fits some data. We, we know how to take the derivative of these numbers that we don't know how to set with respect to that function that is looking at the data. And then, um, once we have that gradient via an algorithm called backpropagation that I'm not going to go into, we can actually train what these numbers should be. And that's what it means to train a neural network. So TensorFlow does this for you. So do pretty much any other deep learning frameworks out there. There is at least 10 deep learning frameworks out there. And um, they, all, they all support this, all of them. So I'm not going to go any more into that, but, but I wanted to at least tell you what's going on there. right? So we use TensorFlow because um, it has some features that we like in particular. Um, it is actually entirely a coincidence that the name Matroid is, uh, is related to the word tensor. The name Matroid is actually a generalization of a tensor. A tensor is, is, a, is a mathematical term. And a Matroid is, is, in some ways, a mathematical generalization of a tensor. Matroid was actually incorporated one month before TensorFlow came out. I did not know Google was going to call that this. It just so happened that we both are very close to the math and we care about being named after something that is very much at the heart of all, all of all, of all of this. Um, so these, the TensorFlow needs a lot of compute power. These compute, this compute power usually comes from P2 and P3 instances that are available on, um, on, on, on AWS. And you can ask Kubernetes for the kinds of resources that your pod needs. So we have a, a TensorFlow pod. We say to Kubernetes, hey, this is a GPU pod. Please put it, schedule it, on a machine that has a GPU. And we specifically specify that we want some P2 or P3 instances to do this. And, and, and Kubernetes, as of uh, recent versions, does support this. So this, was, this is, this is functionality that came in more recently. Um, and so I, I encourage you to, to try this out again if you have uh, had discouraging results with that earlier. So, um, and, and there is support for other coprocessors coming. You know, there's this landscape of coprocessors that is evolving other than GPUs. Uh, Intel, uh, 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 Qualcomm, and all these other companies, they're all building deep learning chips of some kind, and they all would like to be um, schedulable on the more popular uh, cluster managers. So, so almost certainly they will add some support here. Um, so you can expect that to happen. Um, all right, so having said all of that, we're now in a, in a fairly good spot to tell you what Matroid actually is from a user's perspective. So Matroid is a product that, um, that is for computer vision. It's a studio for creating and using detectors. So A detector is a term that I'm going to be throwing around a lot. A detector, much like a metal detector, will find metal on a beach. A metro detector will find things that it's been created to detect in video. So we're going to create a detector, and then we're going to have it run on some video. Uh, We'll do a lot of live demos, and hopefully none of them go wrong. Um, I'm taking some risk here, but I'm just going to switch now, actually, to our live demo. And for probably a bunch of the talk, I'm going to do what I just mention to you and, and show you the, the pieces in action. So um, hopefully you can see this. Nope, you cannot. I need to exit the talk. So I'm going to exit that, go here, do that, perfect. So. When you log into Matroid, you get a screen that looks like this. You, 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 you have one of two options. And by the way, this is now the NGINX, um, uh, Nginx pod. It routed us to one of the Node.js pods. And Node.js is presenting us with the web app that is being loaded in front of us. And so you have one of two options that you can do when you log into Matroid. You can either use a detector off the shelf or you can make one for whatever the hell you want. That is a, this is our mission, is to let you detect whatever you want. As a computer vision company, we really want to take you all the way to detecting weird things that you might not have available in sort of custom model repositories. Or, or I shouldn't say custom model repositories, but ready-to-use model repositories. Having said that, we do have a ready-to-use model repository. So before I make one model of my own um, that will get scheduled with TensorFlow and trained on the spot, let me, let me use one of these models. So if you, if you go into our, um, into our public model gallery, there are all these models that are readily available. I'm going to pick one of these models and then run it right now. So this, this is a model. This is a, a detector. That can detect uh, airplanes, bikes, birds, and a bunch of other stuff, including people. Um, so I can, I can run this on me right now, actually. So let's, let's do that. Um, hopefully it detects that there's a person there. And indeed, there's a person there. But then more interestingly, it, will, it should work with some level of obfuscation. So I'm barely in that frame. And indeed, I'm still there. Uh, maybe uh, just my hand there. It, it should figure that out. Hopefully, it will figure out that there's a bottle, although not so uh, clear there. Um, and indeed, there is a bottle in my hand, and there's, there's me, right? So it, it sort of figures out that there's a person there. At some point, it's got to say that maybe this will say, sometimes it says I'm a sofa at that point, because it's like all it sees is my shirt. Um, no, it's kind of, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of confused there. Um, it thinks the whole thing is, is potentially, I could just, I kind of want to see what it says there. This is risky and, and silly, but I'm going to do it, so, let's see. It picked out, oh, that's funny, it thinks the, the, the reserved seat is a bottle, that kind of looks like the, yeah, I can see that, but that's, that's really funny. Um, so I can take this uh, thing and run it, this detector, and run it on a live stream. So we're actually gonna l- run it on uh, uh, Live Bloomberg right now. Um, so let's see what's, what it says about Bloomberg. Hopefully there's some people or something interesting happening on Bloomberg, otherwise this will be um, a waste of time. So it looks like there's some people on Bloomberg. Let's say we're looking for people there, and lo and behold, we found a person. And it's, this is Live Bloomberg, so I apologize if anything weird comes up. Markets await China data, um, okay. Um, and now, you know, less interesting Because there's no people in this one, right? So there's, there's 0% per people here um, and, and, and at any point I can stop and say Well, yes, this is right or wrong So there's a person coming up again So I can I can stop this And say, well, uh, yes, you are actually correct And this will go back into making the detector better I'll show you how that works in a second So I say, yes, this is indeed a person um, And, and uh, let's see um, once, so this is this is running live. What if I want to run 24/7 and then look back at my results? That's exactly what we have in uh, a, another interface here, that um, that looks at the results uh, for a long period of time. So this this detector here has been running on a TV channel for a uh, for roughly a week now, and uh, on uh, on this TV channel, it's been looking for uh, gender distribution, male versus female. So. This is going to tell you um, what is what is going on 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 Bloomberg with regard to uh, gender distribution so this is um, a woman right of course uh, and and it should be, and so these are all the peop- people who are showing up on Bloomberg tagged as whether with their gender um, and of course there's some, some some men in there as well, right um, there's the president um, right oh no this is wrong so here we made a mistake, right <laughs> so we're not. So I don't want live demos come with this kind of thing, right I, I have to be more I have to be honest about it so um, there is there is plenty of uh, although it made a mistake it made a mistake that I'm very happy about so um that's, that's enough of that um, so there's uh, right so there's hopefully there's a man, you get the idea right so you can see things like uh, insights on uh, the on the detection so Turns out there's, there's often uh, slightly more men than women on this TV channel, and then um, uh, and, 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 uh, I, sometimes there's pretty much the same. I've actually never seen this data before. Like, it's, it's changing, right? So it's all the time changing. You can look at uh, what, it, what does the data look per hour. Um, uh, so this is, uh, this is one particular hour that looks like there are more women than, than men, but most of the hours there's more men than women, right? Probably this is one hour where there's a woman anchor or something. Um, And, of course, you could just see things like total detection. Sorry, that's the wrong one. Right, so total detection's uh, right there. You can share these reports, and and, um, that you can set what you're looking for. So uh, a schedule, and then, of course, you can set I'm looking for a man with, say, 95% confidence and a woman with 95% confidence. Uh, And so then you only get notifications for when uh, the detection is above the threshold. So all of this is sort of what you can do with a detector. I haven't created one yet. I just picked a gender detector off the shelf and I ran it on a stream. That's useful, but it's not... Um, it's not and, and it does use a lot of compute power. So what you're seeing is 24-7 monitoring of a stream via a detector it means we have to schedule a GPU machine, a fraction of a GPU machine, of course, to be running on that stream 24-7. And so this is part of the service that we provide. We, if it so happens that we're going um, to incur a lot of compute uh, cost, then we charge uh, in, proportional to, in proportion to the, to the compute cost, as, as we should, right? So the, um, this is all uh, fine for, um, uh, for the sake of um, a detector that's ready-made, but let's actually make a detector uh, right now and, and use it. So how, how, will, I, how will I do that? Um, well, we went back to the front page, and we're asked, what do you want to detect? So I'm going to create a detector for myself. And um, so I just met someone in the audience named Leah. She was sitting next to me, and I said, hi, will you be a volunteer? And she said yes. So we're going to create a detector for Leah's face as well. And then um, Leah, who's your favorite celebrity? I deliberately didn't ask you beforehand so that you would be on the spot. Ryan Gosling, Gosling. all right. So we're going to add Ryan Gosling to this detector and um, add that in. So what's going to happen is we're going to we have our own mini search engine. We scour the web and look for uh, people named Leah. Of course, this is not the Leah in the audience, so we're going to undo, unselect all those results. Um, There are some pictures of me. I'm going to deselect them and upload some new examples. So, what happens is we're in studio mode now, and we're uh, we're curating images relevant to who we care about. So this is, of course, uh, images of Ryan Gosling. I'm going to add some images of myself uh, super quickly. So I can just say, um, hit here and, and, and upload pictures of myself, a, a single image, or I can use the webcam. Uh, I'm going to take like a couple of photos of myself, save them. Um, and then I'm going to ask uh, Leah to come up on the stage, and, and we're going to take some real quick photos of her. Um, OK, so then uh, Leah, uh, clear that. So if you would just move your head to the side to side, up and down, perfect. Thank you. Uh, you might want to hang out for a little bit. Yes, uh, so, so we're going to take a group photo. Um, yes, and then, and then well, well actually, you should sit down and I'll ask you back up, because back we, we have to train and there's a bunch of other stuff here. Um, so, so these photos of Leah are being quickly uh, uploaded. Uh, so now we have uh, Leah in there, right? So, so there's, there she is. And, and there I am. And there is, there is Ryan Gosling. Um, so we can, of course, bring in data from all kinds of other places. One other place that we have our own video player involved is, um, is, is through a video file. So if I, if I select a video file here, I can flick through the frames of this video file. At any point, uh, pause and flick through the frames, and then say I want this frame, this frame, this frame, this frame. I upload them as before, and then I go in, and then I can select exactly where the relevant... Um, whoa, the relevant um, person... The person is. So there is uh, what is supposedly Ryan Gosling. Of course, it's not Ryan Gosling, so I will have to uh, deselect this afterwards. And so now we have a bunch of examples of Ryan Gosling. I'm going to deselect them because that is definitely not him. And um, I'm going to quickly browse through... Oh, there. I, yeah, so these some of these pictures, I apologize if they're weird. i um, going to... I don't need so many examples, so I'm actually going to X out these, all of these other pages because I don't really want to go through them. Um, the more pictures you have, of course, the better this thing will get, but uh, there's only, we only need one or two pictures of a person to, to build a detector off of them. And um, one last thing I wanted to show you is, if you're going to run a detector on a stream later, as we did, you might have some weird uh, glare, or you might have some weird things in, in, the detec- in the stream that are confusing the detector. And in those cases, you would like to um, normalize them out by uploading examples from the stream into the detector. So this we, is this is actually, uh, sorry, this is actually um, a live stream of our office. I sit right here when I'm in the office. And I can record from this stream, and then include those f- frames in the, in the detector. So this is uh, Julian, one of our web developers. And he, uh, he has a recording here that I could have used to create this detector. And then I can normalize for this weird fisheye that is on this particular stream. Right? If I upload these examples, I can learn more about that fisheye. So I have all these things here ready to go. This is going to be a face recognition detector. And then I'm going to hit Train. This should take around two minutes, so it's 5.09 right now. This should be done by 5.11, hopefully. And let's give this a name, so we're going to call it the AWS 2017 detector. Um, so what's happening here is actually um, one, of our, the, one of our bank of machines from the Kubernetes pod that owns the, the TensorFlow workers went and talked to the pod that owns the database. In the database, there was a pending detector job. One of the workers went and picked that out, said, hey, this is a pending detector. I'm going to take this, and I'm going to go train it. And then it went and started the training job on that GPU instance, and it's busily working away. And I'm pretty sure this is actually running on a spot instance, because Amazon's been nice enough not to destroy this spot instance. If the spot instance were to be evicted, you'd actually see the, the progress bar go back to, like, 10%, 10%, which is roughly when the database entry is made. And then, and then the, the thing would start going forward again. So that sometimes happens, but very quite rare. Um, so we're, we're almost done with this. And then when, when, it's, when it finishes, I'm going to ask Leah and co. to come back. In the meantime, I'm going to go look for a video of Ryan Gosling on YouTube so that we can run it through. I have never seen. Leah, which YouTube video would you like? No, Jimmy, Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel, all right. So let's just uh, copy that. I have the URL saved, and there's ready. So would you like to come up? And maybe like two other people come up, two random people. You guys would like to come up? No, you don't want to come up? You want to come up? Please, yeah, come on up. Um, and so we can take a group photo here of all of us together. Um, so then uh, we should be able to see what's going on there. right? So there's me, and there's Leah, and there's someone who is neither Leah nor me. Um, and so, if I, it should be able to handle some amount of occlusion here, uh, so let's see. So I'm, I'm only half my face is in there, right? But it's still just fine, and it's okay. You guys can. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. Please. And I can send this detector to you later, and you can delete it if you're, if you want. Um, so some level of uh, obfuscation is, is, is very much possible. So I can cover my mouth. My uh, one of my eyes, but at some point it should just it should crap it should sort of peter out, right? So there we go. At this point, it's not sure what's going on in the image, right? Um, So this is something we care about. We do care about obfuscation. You saw it with the person detector. You saw you saw it with the with this right here. Okay. So um, let's go run that video, right? So what's going to happen is I'm going to dump in this YouTube video which I've never seen. So I apologize if it has some 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 uh, some bad things in it. Um, Jimmy Kimo should be. F- Actually, no. This is late night, so I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so look, it's already f- uh, saying there's some some riot is showing up, right? So this is live again. One of those workers took this video, downloaded it from YouTube. At the same time as you're watching the stream from YouTube, the the classifications are rolling in. This is our own video player. It is annotating the video with, with what's going on. And so we think that Ryan Gosling shows up. He's gone for a second here because he's looking to the side so much. But here, he should be gone like totally. Oh, again, he's looking to the side. So we're just not sure that that's him. Um, I guess when he's looking to the side, we, we don't get him, right? So, so here, when he's, when he's very much uh, looking straight on, there's just no mistaking that that's him, um, right? So the, I guess the, the, it's not that interesting a video. It just like, does the same thing for a long time. It'd be really cool if, if uh, we could have gotten it to, to do other interesting things, but the video to have other interesting things going on. So oh, there we go. Like all these people did not get confused for Ryan, right? None of them uh, got confused for Ryan. And even Ryan's side face is getting picked out now. So uh, let's see what's going on around the end. You Sometimes they, at the end of the show, they do some different stuff. No, nope, it's really just. <laughs> it's one of the more boring interviews, I guess. I didn't pick it. No. <laughs> um, yeah. So you see, you see what's going on here. Side faces are quite hard. We actually didn't have many examples of side faces of, of Ryan, so let's see what examples were. Most of these examples were dead on uh, faces, so if we actually had some side faces of him, we would have started getting the side faces. We have an entire different model for side faces, and that would kick in. Um, so let's go back uh, to the, whoa, let's go back uh, to the uh, to the detector here. So everything I showed you is available via an API. You can you can call uh, you can create detectors, use them via an API. Um, many different programming languages, and these are the these are the REST APIs that are presented here. We can we can try this on a stream. Very interestingly, we can give feedback. So uh, if I if I run this here, and I say, well, is who is this? Of course, it's me. But then I say, yes, that is indeed me, right? When I hit redo detector now, what will happen is we'll land back in studio mode with that additional example of me. And and so that that's that's the additional example where, where I said, yeah, this is me. Um I guess it's not the clearest, but but yeah, that's that's what's happening to the feedback. It's going back into the studio, and then you saw how quick training was, so I could just hit retrain again now, and I'd have a new detector that, that would have um that would have that feedback is part of it, so you can continually uh, make detectors better and better. So, what if? So everything I've shown you is um, drag and drop, point and click, no programming needed. Um, what if I was a deep learning engineer and I wanted to look at the insides of this detector? For that, there's actually a whole different part of uh, Matroid that is built off of uh, uh, of um, uh, that is built off of open source, and in particular, built off of TensorFlow. So I'm actually writing the, the book on TensorFlow with, with O'Reilly. Um, and, and a part of it is, is how to use this, this particular um, uh, screen that's coming up. It takes a little bit longer to load because it's heavier duty. So what you'll, you'll, you'll be able to see is in, the insides of the model. So things like what is the accuracy of the model, um, what are the uh, what are the what are the different things that um, that the model is confused about? Um, at the same time, I'm going to roll a none of one of these just in case that one is being funny. Um, so I have another detector. Actually, I have another detector here that detects tables and chairs. And in this one, there are some more interesting um, examples of the of, of mistakes. So the, the detector that I showed you. Here we go. The detector that I showed you is going to be a pretty good one, because it's faces and we're pretty good at faces. But we have a table and chair detector that I deliberately made slightly worse. It's not as good a detector. And then, to check that, if you hit Metroid board, you can see the accuracies for that detector for chair and for table. You can see some of the mistakes that the detector makes um, on its own training examples. So these are the mistakes that the detector makes um, for table and chair, there's this weird chair embedded inside the table. It's like some kind of chair art. I don't know. And then there's, a, there's, a, there's flowers on the chair. Usually when there are flowers on, a, on something, it's a table. Um, and there are all these other examples where there's some weirdness going on that, uh, that it's not clear whether it's a table or a chair. Sometimes it's both. Um, I can also look at an embedding of the, the data here. So this is, this is an embedding of the chair table examples and the chair examples the The colors are the true label, so if if a thing is orange, it is a table. If it is uh, blue, it is a chair, and the position in space is roughly what the detector thinks about what this blob should be and so if you see a clear clustering, then the detector's learned the difference between a table and a chair. If you see a mishmash of points where there 's no coherent clustering, then it 's learned nothing. Here we see that it 's at least learned something and there is some very clear clustering, but there's also this middle ground in which there are overlaps, and there are these, uh, these examples that are very close to each other that are of different color. And these are the examples that we should exactly focus on. It is these examples that the silly mistakes were made on. And so if I were creating a detector and modifying it to make it better and better, I would give feedback here, retrain it, and then I would have a better detector available to use. Right? So, this is all. Um, this is all available to us for the sake of uh, for the sake of trying out a detector and and, and seeing um, and seeing how it works. Um, so we have. Uh, yeah, uh, I believe that's all for my for my live demo. Yeah, that is that is it for my live demo. So with regard to uh, AWS today, more recently you heard about um, you heard about the uh, Amazon Kinesis video streams. And so what I'm actually going to announce here for the first time is that we are going to be embedding and allowing you to monitor an Amazon Kinesis video stream by using these detectors that you can build with click and drag um, on Matroid. So this is actually quite exciting. We were, we were um, working with the Amazon Kinesis video team uh, leading up to AWS uh, reInvent, and, and, and this is essentially um, my promise to you that by, by the first quarter of next year, we will have the ability to just point us to an Amazon Kinesis video stream and have that stream uh, monitored for whatever the hell you want. And uh, and uh, that those those streams are going to be integrated with a, a whole ecosystem of things that that Amazon is is either already telling you about or you saw you might have seen already in Andy Jassy's keynote in the morning. Um, so we're going to get close to wrapping up now, so I'm, I'm running the book on TensorFlow with a student of mine, uh, Bart, at Stanford. He, he's he been phenomenal in, in, in writing this, and uh, there, are, there are anyone who's interested in, in reading a draft of this of this and giving us comments in return, um, I would love to hear from you, so we're about to essentially publish it, but one round, last round of uh, comments would be very much appreciated. Um, so at Matroid, we have uh, a lot of phenomenal partners. New Enterprise Associates and Intel have... Uh, our, our partners and investors, and they have—we've uh, we, essentially—we've raised 13.5 million dollars uh, from them, and so—and and this was just last month, a couple of months ago, and so we're very much uh, looking for help to, to to build out all kinds of parts of Matroid, whether it's Kubernetes, TensorFlow, deep learning in general, and web engineers. Um, we'd love to work with you, so please uh, talk to me about that if you're interested. Um, so the next step would be for you to try uh, out matroid.com yourself. Uh, and, and if you're interested in, in running um, a, uh, a Kubernetes cluster on AWS, this is a, a link available to you right here, so that you, can, you, can, you can do that. Um, it's, it's the end of the day. I don't want to keep you for too long. You've seen, uh, seen Matroid. You've seen how it runs. And, and, and the least I can ask for is that you give us some feedback when you, when you try it out. Thank you, and, and uh, let's take questions.